Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Pastor Peter and uh, just following on from that announcement, we're all excited about getting back together and uh, we are going to continue online church. So for some that are um, elderly or if you've got sick relatives and uh, also with the COVID plan, if you do have cold or flu or any of your flu symptoms, we ask you to stay home and watch it online and not to attend. So there will be an email going out and there'll be all the info for you to uh, just follow through that. But we're excited about getting back to having some worship together and fellowship and uh, sharing the word. It'll be about an hour service, so uh, it'll be a great time to get back together. Well, how's your encouragement been going? Last week, I finished my message on um, how we treat one another as part of what's the church look like in 2020. And I finished with the uh, challenge to us, the question, who can you encourage this week? So I pray that you've been busy encouraging people and maybe you've got some uh, surprise encouragement yourself. Today, I want to pick up uh, that theme of relating to one another. And Ephesians 4.16 says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we're built up and made perfect in love. So last week I talked about how do we express that love. And we started looking at some of the one another scriptures. And we looked at four last week. I'll just quickly run over them and then we'll pick it up and look at some more today. We looked at loving one another, which is mentioned at least 18 times. And Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, love one another. And at this time, people need love and support. So many people are anxious, afraid, uh, concerned because of uh, what's happening with the spread of the virus down south again. And we just pray for protection and, uh, and healing over people's lives. And so we need to love one another, bring hope and support. And uh, second one was honor. It says in uh, Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another, honor one another above yourselves by our attitudes and words and actions. Then we talked about serving one another, humbly, in love. Galatians 5.13 says, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit and don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operation in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. Wow, it's so easy with our social media to be taking selfies all the time and and self being the center but Jesus came to touch our hearts fill us with so much love that we want to just share it with one another and that's how the body of Christ functions and the last one we looked at last week was encourage one another and uh, I do want to stir your hearts to continue to encourage one another no one's ever died from too much encouragement. So let's find ways to encourage, support, connect. Um, and today I want to pick up some of the, the next ones. The, the next one is to greet one another. 1 Peter 5.14 says, Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. You think, wow, we can't even shake hands or hug at present, apart from our immediate family. And uh, But we... We can greet one another with a smile. We can greet one another with words of acceptance and love and support and encouragement. And the days will come where we'll be able to shake hands and, and uh, share those hugs of love and support. And uh, we all need that 
connection. So let's greet one another with those ways of acceptance. The next one is pray for one another. I just want to take a moment on this because we've been uh, doing our week of 24-7 prayer and thank you for so many that have been praying, believing for God's blessing over our church, over our city, over our nation. And uh, James 5.16 says it very clearly. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I want to encourage you, praying with one another and for one another invites and releases God's presence and power into the other person's life and situation. And uh, we can pray over the phone. We can pray um, over our social media, we're on our Zoom, we can, we can pray. We can pray with one another, for one another, and God says it's powerful. The, the Passion Version says, confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. I urge you, don't pray out of a sense of duty or I need to do my devotions every day, but let it come out of passion for God and your love for people that you want to see their lives set free from darkness and shame and released from addictions and strongholds and come into fresh hope and freedom for their lives. I want to stir your hearts. Let's pray with and for one another more effectively. Sometimes our prayers are too general. God bless Bless your auntie or uncle. Why don't you pray specific prayers? Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for blessing over their business and that there'll be new contracts. And if someone's looking for work or a job, pray specifically. I just think there's great power when we are very focused and specific in our prayer. Another one um, that we read in Acts 2.44 says to share with one another. Acts 2.44 says, All the believers were in fellowship in one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Wow, this is the early church. They shared their food. They shared their homes. They shared whatever they had. They didn't have cars back then, so they probably shared their donkey or their camel or whatever. They shared whatever they had with one another, and there was great blessing. And there are so many people in need across our community across our nation and across the world. And I encourage you, let's share what we have. God doesn't want you to share what you don't have. And uh, I've heard people pray, when I become really rich, then I'll share with others. And I've learned if you don't share what you've got now, you probably won't when you have a lot more. So I want to encourage you, whether you've got little or much, let's continue to practice sharing what we have. And we learn that in our homes. And... Uh, Sibling rivalry sometimes happens when one holds on and doesn't share. And two little kids are fighting over their toy. It's mine. It's mine. And parents, we try to teach our kids to share. As adults, let's share with one another. Acts 4.32 says, All the believers were one in mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community, for they shared everything they had with one another. Here's that word selfishness again. And I believe that through this virus, God's teaching us to intentionally connect and reach out to one another, not to be so self-focused. Another one another in the Bible is carry one another's burdens. There's two very interesting verses in Galatians 6, 2 and 5. Verse 2 says, 
carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So when we carry one another's burdens, we're helping fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love one another. And then in verse 5 it says, each one should carry their own load. And this seems like a contradiction. Three verses later, carry one another's burdens, and then the Apostle Paul saying, carry your own load. If you look at the original meaning of these words, carry one another's burdens, and that burden is a crushing boulder of weight that is going to destroy you or crush you if someone doesn't come and help you. We need that when we're going through grief or when you lose a job or when you have a significant illness or a setback or a traumatic event. We desperately need to help support and carry one another's burdens by prayer, by sharing, by love. Verse 5 is talking everyone should carry their own load. The Amplified says, Every person will have to bear with patience his own burden of faults and shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. So if we rescue people and make all their decisions for them and carrying all their situations and burdens, often people don't grow up and become responsible. So God says, carry the heavy loads for one another when we're getting crushed by life or pain or brokenness or grief. But then we need to be responsible to carry the knapsack of our own responsibilities. And responsibility means to have response to his ability. So one encourages as the body of Christ to be there not to rescue one another, but to support and love and carry the, when they're overwhelming burdens. And that's what Jesus teaches us. But we also need to support one another and help teach one another to carry our own responsibilities so that we mature and grow. Jesus wants each one of us to grow up and mature, not to be children or childish for the rest of our lives. Um, our little uh, granddaughter's about four months old and she's so cute and uh, gives you smiles and, and children are so much fun and little toddlers and they do fun things and you, you laugh with them and think that's really cute. Even when they do something a little bit cheeky or naughty, sometimes we laugh because it's just really funny. But if they're 35 years old and still doing the same antics, we think that's not funny, that's immature and childish and selfish. And as Christians, let's keep growing and maturing and carrying our own load of responsibility and not wait for someone else to make all of our decisions for us or rely on someone emotionally to carry us. But let's mutually support one another. Another one another is accept one another. Romans 15, 7 says, Then just as Christ accepted you, accept one another in order to bring praise to God. I read a book many years ago. It was called Love, Acceptance and Forgiveness. And this church in America, I think it was, that was their theme and their focus of love, acceptance and forgiveness. And they learned to love people as they were. They learned to accept them as they were. And they gave them forgiveness. And many people came out of broken places and they found the love of Jesus because the, the Christians had learnt the power of love, acceptance and forgiveness. And it is so powerful. If we're not accepted, if we're rejected, it can so crush our souls. Some of us have carried a, a burden of rejection over our lives from our upbringings or a trusted friend or a divorce has caused deep wounds of rejection. And we need God's love and acceptance to see that restored. 
sometimes you've got to see receive the forgiveness acceptance of Jesus but then how we treat one another can either reinforce the wound of rejection or it can be a doorway of acceptance to one another it's like Lazarus that was dead for four days he got supernaturally raised from the dead by Jesus he comes stumbling out of the grave still wrapped in his grave clothes and Jesus said you go and unwrap the grave clothes so the family and friends were asked to unwrap his grave grave clothes what's that mean Jesus healed and restored him gave him life he could have taken the grave clothes off Jesus forgives us and gives us new life but then we can choose to keep the grave clothes on other people by our rejection or our words of judgment or condemnation or we can help them unwrap those old ways of thinking and behavior and feelings by our acceptance by our love by sharing and caring for them i want to encourage you today maybe you know someone that isn't easy to accept and love ask god for extra grace i call them extra grace people that we can just love them into wholeness and and support and care for them with appropriate boundaries of course there's several other one another's and we'll look at uh, a couple more before we wrap it up today romans 15 14 says i myself and convince my brothers and sisters that you yourselves are full of goodness filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another so some listening may be school teachers or your trainers or your coaches and you understand uh, coaching and instructing and teaching but it says all of us as believers are full of God's goodness and love and we have enough understanding and knowledge that we can be competent to instruct one another in the ways of God in the the way to live life how to manage our finances and how to do relationships better and whatever gifting or experience you've got you can help instruct one another out of um, an um, attitude of humility Colossians 3 16 goes on and says let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you dwelling in your heart and mind permeating every aspect of your being as you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God so here the Word of God says you can teach each other and you can admonish and train equip coach to train is to not just give information but to actually show them by example and then support people on the learning journey the Bible says that we can do that and a parent trains their children a uh, mentor helps train someone that they're discipling or mentoring and what a privilege that is to train to instruct and even admonish where we give words of warning so that we can help people this one I really love it says to agree with one another Wow we all know how destructive it is when there's strife in a marriage or a home or in a workplace it just tears at people's hearts and it can cause deep wounds in our hearts because there's not agreement there's disagreement there is strife there is reaction and anger and hurt and judgmental words and it just tears our heart but listen to what 1 Corinthians 1 10 says I appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought 
Wow, is that an idealistic utopia that we could never achieve? Paul's not talking about uniformity. He's talking about agreement even in diversity and different personalities and styles with a common vision and purpose together for a family to live together in harmony, for a church to bring the kingdom of God to this community, for in a workplace to achieve amazing goals that you've set as a team to accomplish and see it come to pass. So when there's this unity, it drains your strength and energy and and you end up walking on eggshells around people and it's just a painful way to live and way too many of us have walked through that pain and that process. But God's grace reaches out to us today and we can learn to walk in that unity. And um, it's not necessarily agreeing on everything, but there's foundations and truths that we focus on. In the uh, Passion Version, it says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves, having a common perspective perspective with shared values. Wow. It's a beautiful uh, scripture out of the passion there. So I encourage you, if you're in a relationship or a place where there's a lot of disagreement, you need to say, Lord, what's my part? Do I need to forgive? Do I need to change some of my um, judgments or perspectives? Lord, do I need to soften my stance or do I need to understand the other person better? If there's some really broken uh, boundaries, then you need to ask maybe a counselor or a pastor or someone to help you work that through. But there's great power because where there's agreement, there is power. Where there's unity, there is blessing. For God commands the blessing where there is unity among the people. And I thank God for our church. I thank God for the churches in this city that we work together in unity for the kingdom of God and we strengthen each other's hearts. And I pray blessing on your family, your workplace, our community, that we would walk in unity for the kingdom of God. Just want to look at uh, one or two others before we wrap it up today. This one here I want to just focus on for a few minutes Forgive one another. Forgiveness. Wow. Sometimes we find it so hard. So well, I don't feel like forgiving. You'll never feel like forgiving because you're hurting or you're upset or you're angry or you're disappointed with someone. But Jesus, listen to these words that Jesus spoke um, through when he was on earth and through the Apostle Paul. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4.32. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiveness is never easy, but because Jesus has forgiven us, he then releases our hearts so that we have the capacity and the way to forgive others. Matthew 6.14, Jesus was teaching in the Lord's Prayer, and at the end of it, he made this, I find this a really challenging scripture. Matthew 6.14.15, and when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. I think, God, is that really what you're saying? It's not that he's trying to be hard or mean or pressure you into a 
a false sense of, well, I'll just say the words, but your heart's not really in it. Forgiveness has got to come from your mouth first and your heart and with understanding. And as you speak it out, as you declare it, it will start to become a reality. But here we see that God's saying, if you don't forgive others, you are blocking the flow of blessing and forgiveness over your life. It will cloud the way you see not only that person that you are offended with or hurt by, it will cloud the way you see everyone else. Because if there's unforgiveness, it can lead to bitterness. And the Bible says bitterness will defile many people. You can have one really unforgiving, bitter person in a family or a workplace and dozens or hundreds of people can be affected by the overflow of that poison. It's like toxic poison just oozing out of that person's words and attitudes and heart. And we see sometimes on social media, someone that's got bitterness and it just spills out everywhere and can touch so many people. We need to not allow that to get into our hearts. Put up the shield of faith so that bitter, unforgiving words will not tear your heart anymore and say, God, help me to forgive others so that you will release and forgive my heart. And forgiveness is not an easy journey, but by God's grace, we can. And Jesus demonstrated on the cross. Say, so, well, I don't know how to forgive. Let's look at how Jesus did it. Luke 23, 34 says, While they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. For a long time, I thought, well, Jesus prayed that prayer and said, Father, forgive them. He's made seven statements on the cross. It is finished. And, and um, John, look after my mother and, and uh, all these different statements. Father, why have you forsaken me? But this one here, it is very clear from the Greek text, implies a repetitive action. Jesus didn't just pray this once as he was dying on the cross. He prayed for God to forgive me. He didn't say, forgive me, but forgive them. As the centurion crushed him to the ground and tied his arms to the cross beams, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. When the spikes tore through each quivering palm in his hands, he prayed again, Father, forgive them. When the soldiers parted his garments and gambled for the seamless robe, again, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. Over and over he prayed that prayer is what the original language here indicates. Only heaven knows how many times that prayer was spoken in those hours on the cross. I think, wow, you really, truly show us how to forgive. Even though you were dying on the cross for our sins and you hadn't done anything wrong, you took our punishment and in the middle of all that crushing and pain, physical, emotional, spiritual darkness the father turned his face away he became sin for us you just kept forgiving over and over and over and over again and sometimes we pray that prayer once or twice and we still have lots of pain and hurt and offense we think well nothing's really changed you've started the journey but i want to encourage you take what jesus showed us father forgive them for they don't really know what they're doing and that has really touched my heart this week, that Jesus prayed this prayer over and over while he was on the cross. And sometimes we have to pray it over and over every day for quite a while and until it gets into our spirit and release comes. Because forgiveness is not about releasing 
judgment or punishment of that person. You're releasing that person for God to touch him with grace and accountability however he wants to do it. You're taking your hands off of revenge and trying to get even and you're releasing them into the mercy of God. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I want to just dwell on that for a moment. Forgiveness. I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this is so powerful some people here today. Maybe you're listening and you've carried a weight of unforgiveness and hurt and pain maybe for months, years or decades. You say, I just can't get free of it. Jesus is showing us that you can. He asks you to open your heart because unforgiveness becomes a dangerous wall of protection for your heart, but it locks you in from receiving and giving love. Sometimes people say, well, I don't know why my friendships or relationships just don't last. This is one of the reasons it might be. And God in his grace is reaching out. And maybe you need to pray that prayer over and over. And maybe you need to ask God to forgive your sins. Say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Forgive my judgments. Heal my heart. And then it says, if you have been hurt or persecuted or despitefully used, it says, pray blessing on them and minister love and forgiveness to them. Don't keep putting judgment on them. This is God's way. It's a mystery, but it's powerful and it works. There have been times in my life where I've been accused of things I haven't done. Even as a pastor in ministry, there have been a few occasions where people have falsely accused me of things I haven't done that they thought I should have. And I've had to just choose to say, Lord, I forgive them. Put up the shield of faith. Don't let it get in your spirit and wound your heart. Quickly forgive. The quicker you're able to forgive, the quicker you'll find freedom. Um, for some have been through abuse or difficult time, God wants to show you that there is a pathway of healing. Jesus prayed over and over, Father, forgive them. And I want to encourage you, that verse that we started with there at Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And when you're betrayed or lied to or let down and taken advantage of, it can leave deep wounds. But the Spirit of God says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to set the captives free. So today, whether you've been a prisoner or a captive, God's forgiveness is flowing to your heart. And he's now teaching us as mature sons and daughters of God to to follow Jesus and express forgiveness to the people around us because it's a doorway that will that will help people come into freedom and release. There's a few more one another's which we might just pick up and wrap up next week in our uh, first uh, service where we'll have on site here and encourage you to book in because uh, I'm sure those 200 places are going to go very quickly. So book in, and uh, if you miss out on next week, you'll go on the waiting list for the week after, and you can uh, book in for that, and all those details will be there. But today, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing that let's love one another. Let's find ways that we can see the good in one another and not the, the negatives and the, the wounds and judge one another. And especially on this area of forgiveness, I just felt the Holy Spirit reaching out in love some of you know the power of that. And uh, 
Maybe you're in a place right now where you need to forgive someone or even a group of people. Maybe you used to go to church and someone wounded you or a Christian ripped you off in business and you think, oh, I just don't trust any Christians. There are so many situations happen in life. We live with imperfect people in our world, even in churches, but God's grace can forgive and release your heart so you can find a new pathway forward. If you need God's forgiveness for your sin, maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart or it's time to reconnect with God, or maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but you've just really struggled to forgive. Maybe something's happened just this last week or two and you think, wow, that's a biggie. I don't know how I'm going to get over that. Forgiveness is one of the keys to the doorway. It's not the only one, but it's certainly a powerful one. Let me pray for you today. And maybe where you are, bow your head or reach up your hands to heaven and and let's receive his forgiveness. If you're in a good relationship with God and others, let's thank him for that forgiveness and let's find everyone that we can show that forgiveness to others. Father, right now I pray your peace and blessing over people. Lord, you've said to forgive one another as Jesus forgave us. And Lord, as we look at what you did on the cross, it stirs our hearts. It gives us hope that we can come out of that place of unforgiveness or bitterness. Lord, we can forgive quickly. We can forgive 70 times 7. We can regularly make a lifestyle of forgiveness. And I just pray now you would just touch hearts, heal people's souls. Let the key of forgiveness go into the lock over our hearts and bring release over our minds and hearts. Lord, we take authority over every scheme of the enemy of judgment and condemnation. Lord, of lying to people that they can't be forgiven because they've, they've turned away from God one too many times or they've promised God they're going to do this and then they've failed in their weakness or their flesh. Today, I pray you would speak hope into hearts. Lord, I lift off that, that cloud, that chain over people's souls and minds. And today, I speak forgiveness and hope into lives. Jesus, by your Spirit, reach into every heart. And let us be carriers of your love and hope and your forgiveness across our community. I thank you for restoring our hearts, for forgiving us of our sins. And Lord, we lift our heads and our hearts and our hands and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for your forgiveness of our sins, your hope in our lives. And I pray that we would carry that to our community, to our households this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.